Good morning, my friend. Hope you are doing well. It is Sunday morning, 28 August 2022. And I'm coming at you with kind of one of these trauma rounds episodes. And once in a while I get an email or we receive a voice message or something that somebody's just really hurting. This time it started as one of our prayer requests on the prayer wall, wl1md.com slash prayer. Um, and I don't know, I think Tata and I are going to talk about it a little bit later on Tuesday, so Tata today, but um, received a prayer request yesterday from somebody who's just desperate. And it's not really one thing. It's just kind of life. It's just kind of beating them up. And, and it just he's kind of at the end of his rope and he just sort of feels like God's not listening, God's not keeping his promises, and he he's just at the one of those places in life where somebody needs to come along and help him. And we've done a few of these episodes where just like not really planned or scripted out. It's not one of the things I intended to talk about, but it just felt so important. And as God often does, he put several things in my path this morning as I got up and did my routine. Um have a, a small number of things that I read almost every day. One of them is from my friend John Swanson, his three hundred words a day uh, that you should be reading really. If you're not if you if you're not reading John Swanson, it's a great five or six minute part of your morning devotional time that you could add that's extremely helpful 300 words a day.com the number 300 and then words a day.com you can sign up for john's email get it right in your e- email inbox and just does great work and it's always super encouraging and today his email kind of flowed into this prayer request and something else i was reading that actually was from john um uh, one of his old books that i've been kind of referencing again as i think about starting uh, what we're going to do in september so all those things kind of coalesced into this particular person's prayer request uh, and some scripture I was reading. And as it happens, God just put all this on my heart. And I feel like if the prayer request uh, gentleman is struggling with some things, you might be too. And so we need to put a tourniquet on and stop the bleeding here. And there's some, some folks who are suffering. And we just need to talk about that, what you do when it feels like God's not listening and he's not holding and he's not doing his part. And what do we do then? And so I want to just reframe and refocus and get our minds on that for a minute to kind of emergency address um, some of the hard things that people are going through right now. And I'm going to let Lisa tell us the good news right now. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery. To get it done, you can get the show notes and more at drleewarren.podbean.com. That's drleewarren.podbean.com, and if you like the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Okay. I want to read you a prayer request we got last night. Um, just, just really broke my heart. Michael writes in, 
And he says, decades of prayers remain yet unanswered. Jesus gave examples of how to boldly approach the throne and how to be persistent. He gave an example of a woman that kept bothering a corrupt judge until she got, he got so sick of her and just gave in. He gave another example of a brother in the middle of the night asking for bread but wouldn't leave until he got it. I took his advice and have posted literally thousands of prayer requests all over the Internet. Prayers for healing of my failing health, prayer for a miracle of my failing finances, inability to afford rent, etc. Prayers for wisdom, for true love, and so on and so forth. So far, nothing. The Bible says God is not a liar. God said, call on me and I will answer you. Knock and I will answer. Ask and receive. Whenever two or more agree in my name, I will grant them what they ask for and so on and so forth. A lifetime of loneliness, stagnation, broken dreams. And now my health and finances are so dangerously low. Unemployed, with sickly health, trying to find another job while my rent got raised 25%. Not sure how I can do it, and nothing. God, before all these people who read this prayer in all of heaven, are you going to appear a liar? It's been decades of such prayers, and nothing. Are you going to hide behind God's perfect timing? I'm pushing 60. The average lifespan in the U.S. is 72. If there was ever a perfect time to help, it would be now, in all of eternity, here on earth, and in this broke body, in my broken heart and soul. Jesus said, It's my Father's good will to grant you the desires of your heart, that we should prosper and not perish. Jesus said that we came, that he came, that we might have life and have it abundantly. Are you a liar, Jesus? Heaven forbid. No. The Bible says no lies in you, so keep your word and promise, please. I'm in trouble, and I need you to tend to it now. Michael's prayer is one that many of us have, have felt, I'm sure, and that even this month, I'm sure that some of you listening have said things like that. I'm all in, God. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing it. I'm doing everything I can, and I still don't feel you. It's the prayer of the ICU. It's, you know, we've been praying and we've been faithful and we've done everything right and still the glioblastoma and still the terminal illness and still and still. Yesterday, I did emergency surgery on somebody who's got, you know, crashed into a serious health problem. They're living their life. They're doing their best thing. And all of a sudden, it's life and death. And they've got to have surgery. And who knows what the outcome is going to be, right? So my point, Michael is voicing a feeling that we all have, and Michael, we're praying for you. We are all going to join in, and like you said, thousands of people all over the world are going to be praying for you, that God will give you some comfort. And I just, I don't know what the outcome's going to be for you, Michael, in this short term, but I do know that you're in the right place. You're putting your faith and your prayers in the right place at the feet of Jesus, that, that you're not giving up. You're calling on him, and just like the prophet um, in, the, in the Old Testament, it's okay to express doubt. It's okay to express anger. It's okay to shake your fist and say, I would speak to you about your justice, God. It's okay to express your frustration. I want to just give you a little, a little thought process this morning. There are times in the Bible where the people had relative feast, and there was abundance, and there was there was prosperity. There was a promised land, and there was milk and honey. And there were times like that where everything was seemed to be blissful and peaceful and easy. But there were many other times. And I would suggest maybe most times when it was famine, when when there was hardship, there was war, there was strife, there was there was difficulty, there was wandering. There was delay in what seemed like God not, not keeping his promise. And in those times, though, if you look back 
through the thread of history, if you if you study Scripture and you see how God dealt with His people, and if you look back on your own life, I would suggest it's certainly true of me. It's certainly true that in those times when it felt like famine, somehow there was still manna every day. Somehow you get up in the morning and there's enough, that you have enough to get through that day. And I know that you did, because if you're listening to a podcast, that means you didn't starve to death yesterday. That means you, you didn't die of the thing that you thought you were going to die from before. If you're, if you're hearing my voice, that means that you came through some previous hard time when it felt like famine, and yet God gave you the manna. There was, there was manna, there was quail, there was enough for that day. Lisa and I just had this conversation a couple of days ago. When we were like, this is one of those seasons that there's some stuff going on in our life and in our family and some people we love. And, and just it feels like everyone's stretched a little thin. There's not quite enough to go around, not not monetarily necessarily, but just emotion and time and resources and effort and energy and prayers. It just feels like there's so many fronts that we're having to deal with certain things that there may not be enough for everything. And I said, you know, there's sometimes that feel peaceful and feel like everything is just abundance and God's just pouring blessings on every part of our lives. And there's sometimes that feel like we just can count on that manna and that's all we can really count on for that day. And just like in the Old Testament, what God said to the people is, I'm going to give you enough and you go gather it up and then you'll have what you need for tomorrow. But you're not going to have more than you need. If you gather more, it's going to rot. You're not going to have more than what you just had to learn how to trust me that I'm going to get you through this day. And so why am I saying all that? Well, I'm saying that there's a lot going on, and sometimes it feels like the situation that we're in right now, God is not listening to, that God's not paying attention to. But I want to give you just this idea that He is actually your God of all comfort, as Second Corinthians 1 says. Now, John Swanson, I told you a minute ago, John Swanson is one of the people I read almost every day, and, and when I get up in the morning, I, I do my quiet time, I do my personal Bible study, listen to some worship music, Tommy Walker or somebody else. Every morning I try to put my heart and mind in the right place to kind of clear away the clutter of the things that I might be worrying about in my flesh and letting God remind me that He's bigger than that, that He's He's going to provide for me, that I can count on Him. I've got the memory and movement of the past, His past faithfulness and so many kept promises that I can take hope for whatever's going to come along today. I'm prehabbing my heart by taking that quiet time, Right. Well, one of those is John Swanson that I go to, then I read what he's writing about for the day. And today, as it so happens, I'm reading this prayer request from Michael. I'm putting some time in prayer, thinking about what we're going to talk about today in the newsletter that I'll get ready to write in a few minutes. And John has a prayer for the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, or when we are building leaky cisterns. Now, what in the world is he talking about? Leaky cisterns is a reference to a story in Jeremiah where people are building wells that aren't holding water and God's giving them some, God's correcting them about their, their behavior. And John writes this, this prayer out of that idea. And I'll let you read it. I'll post a link in the show notes to it so you can read it. But here's one little part of his prayer that's germane and relevant to what we're talking about with Michael today and our trauma rounds and our ideas. Here's this prayer. John says this, I confess for us all, we do forget that you are the source of living water, and we think you're the source of our comfort. We want you to heal what we want healed, when you want to heal what is actually wounded. We want you to fix what we want fixed, when you want to mend what is actually broken. We want you to bless what we want blessed, when you want to forgive what we need to repent of. 
God, help us let down our guard. God, help us let down our pride. God, help us let down our fear. God, help us. We offer to you what isn't working about the ways we are running our lives. Friend, that's powerful, okay? That's powerful. John goes on to say that we're not, that he's not our idol. God isn't an idol. He's not something that you carve out to represent what you think you want and what you need and prop it up in the corner and tell it what to do. That's not how God behaves. God says, he's not our idol. He's our God. John says, you aren't made in our image. We are made in yours. And so there's this this line that John says right here that I think is the reason that I chose to do this, this prayer and this line right here. We offer to you what isn't working about the ways we are running our lives. We accept from you forgiveness. We accept from you the offer to do your work with your power in your presence, which is everywhere, because you never leave us, you never forsake us, you never disappear. Well, I read that just as I read this morning in John chapter 6. This is so interesting to me how God puts all this stuff that comes together. John, uh, John chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 29, the, the, actually verse 28, that the disciples ask him, what must we do to do the works that God requires? In other words, what is it that God is asking us to do? And in 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this. To believe in the one he has sent. The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Listen, friend, some of us are so tired. Like Michael is just expressing, everything's hard. We've been working, we've been trying, we've been praying, we've been faithful, we've been doing everything, and it's so hard and nothing's working and it's just not coming through. We don't know where God is. And he says, hey, rest, stop, trust me. The man is going to be there for today. Stop thinking that you have to do all the work. Because the work of God is just to believe in me. Paul says it a different way. Philippians chapter 2 says this, and we're, we're thinking about this context of having to do all this work and feeling so tired and feeling so unable to carry everything out and feeling like God's not doing his part. And we wonder, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? How many prayers do we have to say? How many good works do we have to accomplish before he's finally going to come through? And he says this, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. It's God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. What's he saying there? He's saying you don't have to even desire it. You just have to to let me fill you with the desire. You don't have to do the work. You have to let me fill you with the drive to do the work. You have to let me work through you. You have to surrender your own will and your own way and let me help you pick up the hammer and keep the work going. I'll help you. I will comfort you. I'll be on your side. I'll be there with you. That whole chapter, John chapter 6 is all about living water and the bread of life and how Jesus is saying, you're so hungry and thirsty for all this stuff that you're fighting over and it's not filling you up. And all you need to do is believe in me, and the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. I am the bread of life, he says. So Jesus is saying, you might think that you need more than what you have. You might think that you need all these answers wrapped up and tied up in a bow, this denouement of your life where the story's going to come to this conclusion that you want it to come to, but what you really need is me. What you really need is to let me be enough for you. 
And that's kind of the purpose. This whole thing about all in August is for us to finally get to the place where we say it doesn't matter what the outcome is of the situation I'm in. It doesn't matter what the story seems to be unfolding. What matters is I'm going to go all in and trust that your plan is better than mine. As Tata always says, it's your way. It's your watch. Have your way with me. I'm, I'm just not going to think that I have to be in charge of it anymore. And when we talk about what Michael's prayer really ultimately is about, God, I need you to comfort me. I need you to solve some of these issues for me. I need you to take care of me. I need you to help me. It's a desperate prayer and one that God always answers. But here's something important that we need to know, and it's from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. When something devastating happens, we sometimes think, as John just said in his prayer, that we think we forget that you're the source of living water because we think that you're the source of our comfort. We think that comfort means that we get a certain answer to our prayer. We think that God being true to his word of abundance means that we're going to have a particular outcome to the thing that we're praying about. And the mindset shift, we always say you can't change your life until you change your mind. The mindset, the mindset shift of going all in and understanding how God is there for us. The mindset shift is this. Comfort doesn't mean a particular outcome. When Mitch died, when your wife gets the biopsy result, when your, when your banker calls the margin, when your broker calls the margin and you don't have enough to cover it, when whatever it is that's happening, whatever it is, you think that the only way to be comforted in that moment is for the outcome to change, right? I'm telling you, when we lost our son, it feels like you can't ever feel happy or comfortable again unless that turns out to have been a bad dream and it's not really true. But that is not how it works. You're, when your child's gone or when your spouse is gone or when the money's gone, it's gone, right? The situation is, is, is what it is. So comfort can't mean that you can only be satisfied or happy if a particular set of circumstances comes true. When I turn to Lisa in my darkest moments, she wraps her arms around me. She gives me comfort, not to change the outcome, but to have the strength to go through it. And here's what Paul says about that, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. This is the power pack verse for you, my friend. This is it. He does not say, Blessed be the God of all comfort, who as long as you trust him and do everything right, will solve all your problems and set you free and give you wealth and health. He doesn't say that. That's a, that's a misapplication of spiritual, uh, of, of gospel, if you hear that. If you hear a preacher say, if you make the right donations, you do the right things, God's going to give you the Lamborghini and the big house and the, and the trophy wife. He doesn't ever say that. He doesn't ever say he's going to take away all our burdens, he's going to solve all our problems, he's going to heal all our diseases. He does say he'll heal your disease, but not in this context. So here's what he says. Blessed be the God of all comfort, who comforts us when in all our affliction. He doesn't say he will take the affliction away. He says he will comfort you in it. He'll give you the manna to get through it. He'll give you the medicine to survive it. I wrote in my new book, Hope is the First Dose, that hope is not a vaccine to keep you from getting sick, to keep you from having troubles. And hope is not a cure to eradicate all your troubles. Hope is maintenance chemotherapy. Hope is something that will help you get through the thing that you're going through. 
who able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So he comforts us in our affliction. Then he gives us one of those so that's. So that, this is always important when he says so that, it's that he's helping you understand why he does certain things. He comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. So he expects us. We're hurting, and he helps us understand that he's with us and not to give up and to find hope and to press on. And He's going to help us regardless of the outcome. He expects us to do the same thing. And that, my friend, is why I'm talking to you right now. That, my friend, is why I get up every day and do this thing. It's why I write books. It's why I'm writing my newsletter. It's why you're hearing my voice right now. I didn't die in Iraq when the bombs were going off. I didn't die when I went through a divorce. I didn't wither away into nothing. I mean, God gave me life again. I didn't die when I lost my son because he comforted me in my affliction. He sent the right people at the right time. He sent Lisa. He sent Pastor John. He sent opportunities, Tata, and, and, and opportunities for me to find hope again. And then he gave me the ability to put words to that, to put some structure to it, to help understand how it was that I was able to take comfort in him and, and start to build my heart back together again. And so, therefore, I have to do that for you, for other people. I have to share the tools to help find hope again so that you can understand he will comfort you in all your affliction so that you may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction. My friend Charles Malone, who writes in all the time, tore up both his shoulders and can't work as a firefighter, and he's had to have all these painful surgeries, and he's a young man who's now lost his occupation, and he's disabled, and he's hurting, and he's stressed, and he's you know, mourning his career. And at the same time, he's constantly writing into us to tell us about a friend who's in need or somebody who lost a child or now another friend of his who's Penny who's going through terminal cancer. And and he's constantly looking to encourage and lift up and pray for other people and help them in their affliction. And that's exactly it. You get out of your own hole by helping other people get out of their hole. That's how it works. You get out of your troubles by helping other people be comforted in their affliction. For as we share, he said, abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. Michael, I can't tell you what the outcome is going to be of your troubles. I can't tell you that you're going to find solutions for your financial problems or your broken heart or your, your broken down body or your rent problem. I can't tell you how that's going to work out. I can tell you that God will be faithful with you in it that he will help you have the strength to bear up and the courage to keep moving forward and the wisdom to find new ways to solve problems when they seem unsolvable. He will help you. He will help you. He will comfort you, and he'll give you the will to act and the power to do it. That's what I can promise you, that he'll be there for you and that other people will too, that your faith in putting that out on the prayer wall and expressing your doubt and expressing your fear, that will come back because Isaiah 55 says God's will and his word never goes out empty. It always accomplishes its purpose. It always does. Michael, God's going to be with you in this. Friend, you are not alone. You're not alone. I want to give you Daniel chapter 9. John mentioned this in his amazing little book about Nehemiah's great work. He mentions a prayer that Daniel prays in Daniel chapter 9, verse 18. Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. And I'm just going to broaden that out. Give us ear, our God. 
open your eyes and see the desolation of the lives that we're living now, the problems that we're facing, the things that we're throwing up to you this morning. See the desolation. Hear the desperation, Father. Hear the pain and the anguish in Michael and so many others' hearts and the things that we're going through, that Lisa and I are struggling with, with our situation that we're trying to help a loved one with. Hear us, God. Open your eyes and open your ears and hear this. This is important, friend. Here's how Daniel prays. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. God, we're not asking you this because we're so great that we feel like we deserve your help. We're not asking you this because we've done so many good works that you owe us something. We're asking you because you are merciful and you care about us and you love us and we trust you and we know that you hear us. And we know that you care. I'm going to read John Swanson's prayer again. I confess for us all. We do not forget. I'm sorry. I confess for us all. We do forget that you are the source of living water. And we think you're the source of our comfort. We want you to heal what we want healed. When you want to heal what's actually wounded. We want you to fix what we want fixed. When you want to mend what is actually broken. We want you to bless what we want blessed. When you want to forgive what we need to repent of, God, help us let down our guard. Help us let down our pride. God, help us let down our fear. I'm going to say, help us go all in, God. Be the source of all comfort for us. Give us eyes and ears to be able to turn around and be comfort for other people. We offer, John says, to you what isn't working about the ways we're running our lives. Friend, if you keep doing what you've been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've been getting, right? That's why I'm asking you to go all in in August. It's not too late to start. Go back and start again every day. Just start today. Friend, God cares. He hears you. He sees you. And we're not praying that God will just open his eyes and see our problems because we deserve for him to do a certain thing. We're not praying necessarily for a certain outcome, although we all have one in mind whenever we're going through something. We're praying, we're shifting our focus from a particular outcome to a particular person who can help us in our hour of need, and it's Jesus Christ. And by the way, that's your neuroscience works in that way too. You don't decide, I'm only going to be happy if a certain set of things occur. You don't decide, I feel this, so I have to obey that feeling and follow that neurochemical rabbit hole of bad feeling. You don't, you don't do that. If you want to succeed in life, if you want to find a better way to solve your problems, if you want to find more hope and more passion and more purpose and more ability to persevere and be resilient when hard things come along, then you'll use your brain in the way that God intended for it to. You tell your frontal lobes to shut down your limbic system and stop listening to the fear and the danger and the, all those signals that tell you you ought to be afraid and run away, you say, no, I'm going to find a path forward through this. I'm going to use my brain to use to, to create opportunity and ideas for me to press forward. That's neuroscience. And it's consistent with Scripture when he says God gives you the, the will to act in a way that will honor him, and he gives you the drive to do it, and you don't have to do it by yourself. And you don't have to be afraid. And you can take comfort in knowing that whatever happens, you're not alone. He's with you. And we're with you too, friend. And we're just asking you to persevere and hang in there and don't give up because he's the God of all comfort. You may feel like a time of famine, but there's always manna. You get through it. You'll find what you need for today. You will. You're not alone. I'm going to give you Tommy Walker's song again. Played it yesterday. He will hold me fast from Psalm 55. It's enough for today. 
Okay, Tommy and Eileen are going to sing it for us, and we're just going to worship for a little bit. He will hold me fast. No matter what happens, he's there. He won't give up on you, Michael. He won't give up on you, Lola. He won't give up on you, Brian. He's with you. Jackie, everybody that's listening, he's not going to abandon you. He's going to be the God of all comfort for you. It may be feast or famine, but he's going to be there no matter what. And the good news is you can start today. Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Jude 1, 24 says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy.
Hey, thanks for listening. The Dr. Lee Warren podcast is listener supported. Check out patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. That's patron.podbean.com slash Dr. Lee Warren. Patrons and partners get free books, transcripts, special patron only episodes and more. And partners like you allow us to stay ad free and keep growing. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.